brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. I have been asked numerous times over the past few years to present a video on why the church has the Mass in Latin, or why it did, why the traditional Mass is in Latin, and why it was in Latin for 14, 15, 1600 years until relatively recently in the history of the church, and why that is the language the liturgy should be in. So I found a fairly old text by a now long-deceased priest, Father Michael Mueller, who wrote a book in the late 19th century on just that question. Well, on the Holy Mass itself, and this is what I'm going to read for you here. It's a short essay. Come is a chapter from his 19th century work, The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And in it, he has an entire chapter dedicated to the question, why the Mass is in Latin. And I present it to you here. This will probably not be my last look at this question. I may do more of a quasi-academic look at the question from various sources. But his reasoning comes down to a few different things. And that one is a universal church, which is the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is the universal church. That the universal church should have a universal language. And two, that the Latin language, being a dead language, is perfectly suited for worship in a way that cannot be manipulated or changed. And in his, of course, response to the objection made by Protestants, because this was at one time something only Protestants ever said, and is frankly evidence of the Protestantization of the Catholic faith. It was only Protestants who said that the worship of God should be done in vernacular. In his response to that, he reminds us that the very notion of worship is fundamentally different between Protestants and Catholics, and that no Catholic would actually ask for the Mass in vernacular because of the way we worship, with the priest's head talking to God directly, with much of the prayers of the Mass said silently. Let's let the priest do the rest of the speaking from here. Why Mass is Celebrated in Latin by Father Michael Mueller The celebration of Mass and the administration of the sacraments in the Latin tongue form, for some Protestants, a subject of surprise, for others of complaint, as if there was something unnatural or wrong in the practice. Among Catholics, it never excites either surprise or complaint. They never think themselves in the slightest degree aggrieved by it. If strangers to the Catholic religion think otherwise, their complaints proceed from ignorance. When a Protestant goes to church, he generally seems to consider the principal acts of religion to consist in reading, praying, or preaching. Nay, he seems to attach most importance to the last office. He seems to look upon his clergyman merely as a teacher of morality, as one whose chief business is to read prayers in an audible tone for the people, so that all may join in. His character lacks that sa sacredness which arises from the sublime duty of offering sacrifice. Preaching and praying are the two great acts of his ministry, the former of which any clever man without the help of ordination may perform as well as he, and for the latter any good reader is equally capable. For a religion like this, which acknowledges nothing more sublime in its ministry, a foreign language or an unknown tongue, as it is commonly called, would certainly not be very appropriate in public service. 
Hence proceeds the error of judgment so common to Protestants when they conclude it is equally unfit for Catholic worship. How different are such ideas from ours and from the truth? We venerate in our priests a character of a much higher order and an office infinitely more exalted. We look upon them as the representatives and vice regents of Jesus Christ and our great high priest as having power by virtue of their ordination to consecrate and offer sacrifice and to administer sacraments thus divinely commissioned to become as St. Paul expresses in admirable terms, the ministers of Christ and dispensers of the mysteries of God. The Catholic looks upon his priest as a minister of Christ, whereas the Protestant considers his preacher more as a minister of the people. When the Catholic priest stands at the altar, he stands there as a mediator between God and the people. He has an office to perform in which they have nothing to do with him or for him or assistants or coadjutors. In a word, he has a sacrifice to offer, which is an act that passes between God and himself alone. To complete which or to re render it more acceptable, no assistance of the people is necessary. He offers it indeed for the people and in company with them but not that they have any part in offering it in the strict sense of the word. For the character of a priest is essentially distinct and separate from that of a layman, and nothing marks this distinction so absolutely as the power of offering sacrifice, which is his exclusive right. Thinking, then, this view of subject can in itself be a matter of any consequence at all, what is the language in which the Almighty is addressed at the time? Cannot he who is the author of all equally understand any language. And if the priest understands the language in which he un is addressing the Almighty, what more is required? The words by which sacrifice is offered are addressed to God, not to the people, not nor by the people. And if he who addresses them and he to whom they are addressed and understand them, every useful object is attained and nothing more can be wanting. This is the case in the Mass. For this reason, all the essential parts of the Mass the offertory, the consecration, and communion are performed in secret or in silence. It is true that both prayers and instructions accompanying the essential parts of a sacrifice, and these are spoken aloud so that all may hear them, but the fruits and blessings of the Mass are not the consequence of these prayers, nor produced by them, but by the essential act of the sacrifice alone. In like manner, the administration of the sacraments is properly performed in Latin, for though these also are sometimes accompanied by prayer and instruction, or ceremonies which, when properly understood, may affect the minds and excite the devotion of the people, yet the effect is not produced by any of these means, but by the actions rightly performed and the words properly pronounced by the priest, as ordained by Jesus Christ. In both these instances of sacrifice and sacraments, the priest is performing the highest offices ever given to man to perform. Offices totally and incommunicably peculiar to himself, to which an unchangeable and dead language is expressly and justly aligned. If the Mass of the Sacraments were nothing but a common prayer, read for the people, then perhaps the common language of each country would be the most proper to use. But then also would religion lose its chief character of divinity, and the priesthood be stripped of the only character which distinguishes its members from the laity. We do not, therefore, blame the Protestants for using the common language of the people in their public prayers, for, as they have neither sacrifice nor priest, they were only consistent in laying aside the language which they rejected the sacrifice in the priesthood. But on the other hand, let them not object to us, for as we have still retained the sacrifice in the priesthood, there is no reason for rejecting the use of 
a language which is most convenient for our purpose. Thus, the complaints so common among Protestants about the use of the Latin language in the Mass are purely founded on a want of knowledge of our religion. Let them inform themselves upon the subject, and all difficulties will disappear at once. To Catholics, it is a great consolation to reflect that in this, as in every other respect, the Church always adapts her disciplines to the necessities of her flock, or to the dignity and order of her public service. It has been said that the use of any language in itself was immaterial, but in its consequences, or in view of the commands of the Church, it is by no means immaterial. The Church has wisely ordered the Latin tongue only to be used in the Mass and in the administration of the sacraments for several reasons. One, Latin was the language used by St. Peter when he first said Mass at Rome. It was the language in which that prince of the apostles drew up the liturgy, which together with the knowledge of the gospel, he or his successors, the popes, imparted to the different peoples of Italy, France, Belgium, Spain, Portugal, England, Ireland, Scotland, Germany, Hungary, and Poland. Two, from the time the apostles down, Latin has invariably been used at the altar through the western parts of Christendom, though their inhabitants very frequently did not understand the language. The Catholic Church, through an aversion to innovations, carefully continues to celebrate her liturgy in that same tongue, which apostolic men and saints have used for similar purposes during more than 18 centuries. Three, unchangeable dogmas require an unchangeable language. The Catholic Church cannot change because it is the Church of God, who is unchangeable. Consequently, the language of the Church must also be unchangeable. Four, Mass is said in Latin because a universal church requires a universal language. The Catholic Church is the same in every clime, in every nation, and consequently its language must be always and everywhere the same to secure uniformity in her service. Variety of languages is a punishment, a consequence of sin. It was inflicted by God. The human race might be dispersed over the face of the earth. The Holy Church, the Immaculate Spouse of Jesus Christ, has been established for the express purpose of destroying sin and uniting all mankind. Consequently, she must everywhere speak the same language. Six, it is a fact well known that the meaning of words is changed in the course of time by everyday usage. Words which once had a good meaning are now used in a vulgar or ludicrous sense. The church, enlightened by the Holy Ghost, has chosen a language which is not liable to such changes. The sermons and instructions, and in short, Everything that is addressed directly to the people are all in the language of the country. Even the prayers of the Mass are translated in almost every Catholic prayer book, so that there can be no disadvantage to the Catholic worshiper in the fact that Mass is celebrated in the Latin tongue, especially as the pastors of the Church are very careful to comply with the injunctions of the Council of Trent, to instruct their flock on the nature of that great sacrifice, and to explain them in what manner they should accompany the officiating priest, with prayers and devotions best adapted to every portion of the Mass. In the second place, faithful Catholics know well that the holy sacrifice of the Mass is the same sacrifice that Jesus Christ offered to his Father on the cross. Because both the priest and the victim are the same, their faith in the real presence is abundantly sufficient to enkindle devotion in their hearts and to excite in their souls appropriate acts of adoration, thanksgiving, and repentance, though they may not understand the prayers which the priest is uttering. For this reason, it is that the faithful, pressed by different wants, go to in a, the adorable mysteries of the Mass, never thinking of the language in which they are celebrated. Some, moved by the force of calamities, hasten thither to lay their sorrows at the feet of Jesus. Others go to ask some grace and special mercy, knowing that the Heavenly Father can refuse nothing in 
to his son. Many feel constrained to fly thither to proclaim their gratitude and to pour forth the love of a thankful heart, knowing that there is nothing so worthy of being offered to God as the sacred body and blood of the eternal victim. More press forward to give glory to God and to honor his saints, for in the celebration of these mysteries of love alone can we pray worthy homage to his adorable majesty, while we bear witness to our reverence for those who served him. Lastly, men hasten to Mass on the wings of charity and compassion, for it is there that they can hope to obtain salvation for the living and rest for the dead. Thus to the thirsty pilgrims through the rocks of the deserts do the fountains of water appear. Thus to the generation of those who seek justice receive benediction from the Lord and mercy from God their Savior. Pity for those who know not this heavenly sacrifice. What a misfortune to see one driven from this Eden, and yet to do nothing to obtain the favor of the readmittance. How unhappy, too, are those Catholics who, though knowing it, by their unpardonable indifference, deprive themselves of this exhaustless mine of inestimable riches. Some of that will be a hard teaching for some of you, I know, because we have been brought up in these last few decades where the laity have taken front and center in the church to such a degree that the very, our very notions of how we worship have been fundamentally altered to being people-centered with the priest facing the people, almost as if he's worshiping the people. An accusation made by some more strident voices among, in the traditional world. And it's a compel, this is the argument made by the priest here is I think compelling that the reasons we have the mass in Latin is for the integrity of the mass and the integrity of the worship itself. That there is a coherency to the faith or was when the priest acting as head of the body offered the worship and the sacrifice of the entire body to God, regardless of whether the laity were there or not. We hear in our time now that priests are offering mass by themselves is not as legitimate as having a full parish, which is an uncatholic perspective coming from the very top of the church in our time, a complete break from the history of the faith. And Father Mueller here reminds us that a priest offering the mass is without anyone present besides him and the and of course Almighty God is as legitimate as a mass said in a cathedral with ten thousand worshippers present. Curious what you thought of this, so let me know in the comments, please. Especially if you would like to see a, a bit of a deeper dive with uh, some more academic sources and things. But uh, let me know in the comments what you thought of this, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stone. Ave Maria.